Not all, but a lot of flights are canceled. It's uh, close to being a ghost town. We're experiencing shortages in the supermarkets. People are buying toilet paper like a lot and you're wondering, oh, what are they going to use it for that? I don't know. <laughs> Come Friday, all the schools are on lockdown. It's a war without weapons. If you have any of the symptoms, kindly stay away. Your own safety and for the safety of everybody. As Ugandans count their blessings for not having registered any coronavirus case yet, many of our brothers and sisters in the diaspora are feeling the impact of the deadliest pandemic in a generation. How does it feel to be far away from home in such lonely and scaring times? In this New Visions podcast, we reach out to Ugandans that live and work in Europe and North America to hear their experience of surviving under the restrictive conditions that COVID-19 has imposed on the Western world. We are joined by celebrated Paris-best fashion designer Stella Attal, now using the limited resources at her disposal to make masks for her community. Immigration lawyer Dr. James Ruta, a lawyer in Toronto, Canada. UK-best musician Saran Dagire, whose art and survival thrives on the very activities that have been banned under the current corona condition. And real estate and sports entrepreneur Andrew Nyakana joins us live from Las Vegas, one of the most famous entertainment capitals of the world and his home for the last several years. Ladies and gentlemen, you're all most welcome to the New Vision podcast. Let me start with you, Stella Atal. What is the situation of the coronavirus in France, where you are? Hello, I'm called uh, Stella Attal. I'm a fashion designer and an artist based in Paris. I come from Lira in Uganda, and I've been living in Paris for a couple of years now. Uh, the situation now with the coronavirus is really hectic. It's really bad. It's really sad, especially in France, Italy, and Spain, where the rates are going up all the time, all the time. And um, we are right now at the lockdown. We're in the homes, we're not supposed to get out. You wake up, you help your children with their e-learning, you eat, you watch news all the time to see what is happening, if your area has been affected, how many people are dying, how many people have been uh, infected. So it's just like that's our daily life. And then um, you do a little of exercises, watch movies. That's all we're doing right now. You can't go out. You need a special pass to go out. And if you get out and you don't have it, there is police deployed everywhere. They'll find you if they find you, if they get you and you don't have a special pass. It's a war without weapons, I may say. Let me cross over to Andrew Nyakana, who is live from Las Vegas. You're welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. My name is Andrew Nyakana, also known as Drew. I live here in Las Vegas, Nevada, USA. I was born in Uganda, Mango, Kampala, to be exact. By the way, are you still in the boxing business? I'm an entrepreneur, with my passion being mainly real estate. Rent, buy, and sell. But as a former boxer, I've kept around the game and have interest in young prospects who are looking to have a future in boxing. And being in the entertainment capital of the world, how has it been affected by this pandemic? 
Now, the city of Las Vegas, my city, was built on the idea of fun, you know? And I say that because people come here to party, to have a good time, and basically forget all their problems. And that's why they call this city the entertainment capital of the world. Now, <clears throat> with everything that's going on currently, um, you know, the health scare, uh, as a result of this um, uh, coronavirus, quite frankly, I expected my city to be the last city to be affected. We don't have any curfews yet in this city, um, but um, we, uh, we, um, we are experiencing uh, shortages in um, in the supermarkets. We have lines in major supermarkets like Costco, Walmart. Uh, we have not only do we have lines, but when you get inside, um, you know things like uh, you know um, disinfectants, uh, uh, toilet paper, and so forth. They are out because you know they've been in such high demand that all that stuff is out. We're also joined by Sarah Ndagide, a Ugandan musician based in the UK. Sarah, you're most welcome to the New Vision podcast. Hello, my name is Sarah Ndagide. I'm um, a singer. At the moment, I'm resident in the UK. Um, I'm originally definitely from Uganda, Kampala, Najanankumbi, Aukurebu Sabala. And um, I'm very actively working into the art world, working in so many different um, environments in schools, in bars, in hospitals, in care homes, wherever the music is needed or where art makes an impact, I work. What is the situation in the UK and what measures have been put in place, especially for you, the parents, the children and the entire family? So here in the UK, it is going down. I should say, um, compared to many other hit countries, UK is doing very well. They're keeping us up to date every day with, with the deaths and, uh, you know, the new infections with, with what they're doing. The Prime Minister has like a daily update and they have been handling it really well. They are going step by step. Uh, my daughter goes to a primary school and she's in year two. My son is in year 11. So, but we have been prepared as parents, as in they were giving us ideas that the schools might close. And if they close, this is what, they, what it has to do. Whereas in other countries, it was just bang on here. It wasn't. So um, apparently now we've got a date and um, on Friday, all schools will be closed. My son, who is in secondary school in Georgia, but here in Guildford, um, his school, for example, you know, the teachers, uh, the number of teachers had gone down. They could not safely um, teach students or look after them during that time. So what they did, for example, is to reduce uh, the number of attendance by, um, like, today, for example, the year eight didn't go to school and the rest went tomorrow another year we'll have to miss out school. So that's how they've been handling it. But finally, Friday, come Friday, we are, all the schools are on lockdown. But they've also put a provision and said, if the students, um, I mean, their parents are in, um, say, healthcare, if they're key workers, say, healthcare, they're in such, uh, maybe in the army, people that really need to be active at this particular moment, those children will be allowed into school to be taken care of so that their parents would uh, um, 
you know, go on to provide the essential services. Otherwise, if they don't, then some of them will have their older people, their grandmothers, grandfathers uh, look after them, whereas they are the most vulnerable. We are also joined live by Dr. James Luta, a lawyer in Toronto, Canada. Doctor, you're most welcome to the show. Hi, I am Dr. James Luter. I I practice immigration law. I come from Uganda. Uh, I would say Kampala, but my village is Mukono. Doctor, should we say that Toronto City is a ghost town now? Please confirm this. Toronto City, I wouldn't describe it as a ghost town, but it's uh, close to being a ghost town. Uh, possibly the people who are traveling around is at around 5% of what usually travels around. The traffic is uh, very okay. Uh, the positive is you can drive through downtown, which you hardly could ever do before. Um, most places are closed, other than the supermarkets, and are places that can uh, not hold more than 10 people at a time. Uh, medical facilities, uh, you have to call in and talk to the doctors and uh, they most likely send drugs to your address by post or you pick them up at a pharmacy. Uh, the people, people are a bit scared as you would expect. Uh, it took a while before the reality to down on Canada. Canada was a bit uh, liberal with its borders. They were letting in everyone. Uh, looks like now they're more alert to what's happening and they're trying to get prevent preventative measures. Uh, no, no non-citizens are allowed in the country. And uh, pretty much it's, uh, it appears deserted. People are really staying home and uh, most employers are letting people work from home actually, uh, which, is, which is quite good in trying to combat the, the virus. Uh, I hope that helps. Let me get back to you, Stella, in Paris. What precautionary measures has uh, the government put in place? Uh, the first step uh, was on Monday when they closed down all the schools, uh, universities and the cares. And um, they said all the parents must stay home and look after their children. So you have to work from home. And the children are not allowed to go to the grandparents because they believe that the children are the most infected. But because their immunity is so high, you'd never see the signs. But then if you send those children to the grandparents, the grandparents are the most vulnerable. So we have to stay home, look after the children 24-7. But uh, the government is supposed to pay for looking after the children first and then um, helping them with the homework because now we are becoming like teachers. So the government is paying us for that. Uh, by the way, Stella, how has your business been affected in the fashion world? Definitely my business has been so much affected because I had like shows, like five shows I had to cancel. And um, I cannot make orders because I need to post them to my clients like everywhere in the world, in the U.S., in U.K., everywhere. And it's not possible because the post offices are not working. You don't have anyone to make any, like, orders for clothes because, I mean, in this, uh, during this time, you order clothes for what? How are you going to get them and what are you going to use them for? Because you're locked up at home. 
But uh, lucky enough, I've been blessed. Sorry, I call it a blessing. It's not supposed to be a blessing as such, but business-wise, it is to me. Because um, during this time, I've gotten like orders for masks. Masks ran out of stock like two weeks ago. They're not available anywhere. So I have clients who have been ordering masks, handmade masks from um, you know, like pure cotton fabrics. And of course, these are clients within Paris and they'll drive, come to my gate. And so I just give them the masks and then they'll do the wire transfer because you're not supposed to get close to them. What you do, you put the masks just outside your gate. They come and pick them up and you're not supposed to keep like contact with them. Uh, talking about business being affected, let's cross over to Andrew Nyakana, who is in uh, Las Vegas. Andrew, how has Las Vegas been affected? Has it faced closure? What's the impact? To further paint a, cl- a more clearer picture for you, Las Vegas being a major global destination, everything, in fact, the entire city survives on tourism. So if flights are not coming in and out for the most part, which is what's going on right now. A lot of flights are canceled. Not all, but a lot of flights are canceled. A significant amount of flights are canceled. No one is coming in because there's no work. There's no conferences. The hotels are closed. The casinos are not, you know, operating. Um, so... That is really paralyzing the well-being and, you know, ultimately the economy, you know, of the, of, of the, of the, not only the city, but, 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 the, but the entire state. Uh, because like I, like I mentioned earlier, that the Las Vegas Strip, this city, has a lot to do, if not a majority, actually, uh, of the entire economy of this state. So no curfews yet, but I wouldn't really you know, get excited or think that, um, you know, we are go- totally going to be uh, exempt from curfews. Let's go to Sarah Andagide in the UK. I understand commodities are running out in the stores or supermarkets. Kindly tell us about this. Um, people have gone shopping like really badly. They have shopped almost all shelves are empty, apart from fresh maybe fruit and veg, which always comes in every day. But people's freezers, I believe, are full. Fridges, all the the shelves in the houses are full of stuff. People are buying toilet paper like a lot, and you're wondering, oh, what are they going to use it for? That I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so shelves are very empty, and my local supermarket here, Sainsbury's which I don't know if it's being done nationwide, but I know they've done it, which is really lovely because um, the old people are running out of, 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 you know, things at home, of things they need to use because the people are going and shopping every, everything and taking it. By the time the older people come, everything is off the shelf. So what they have done, they've put restrictions in place whereby you cannot actually buy more of certain items. You're restricted. You can perhaps buy one, two or three Um and then uh, they've put protected times like between uh, seven o'clock, I think, and, and eight or nine. It's only the old people that are allowed in on the shop floor. They go and do their own shopping. And when they finish and the time is done, then the rest of us can be allowed in. Otherwise, people are queuing. They're queuing like long queues to buy everything. And as soon as everything's put out on the shelf, anything, they just take it away. 
Let me ask you, Dr. James, currently you are in Toronto, Canada. As a lawyer, how is your typical day so far in the wake of this coronavirus? Uh, my typical day is not uh, much different as, other than the fact that I work from home now. Uh, being an immigration lawyer, uh, most of uh, my clients are out of Canada and hoping to come into Canada. So that means that I speak to them virtually, either through FaceTime or Skype or Facebook or video chat or WhatsApp messenger or email. So uh, if I really have to see a client, I will go to my office and see them. Uh, but uh, over 85% of my clients are out of the country. So uh, just a change of venue, working from home, uh, requires a bit of discipline. Uh, but uh, I do keep the same schedule at home and that helps. Coming back to Stella Tal in Paris, in Uganda, should we panic? And what advice do you have for fellow Ugandans? To all my fellow Ugandans back home, please don't panic. We are still safe and we try to keep safe and uh, I'm sure we are going to be safe. Uganda is still safe, but not 100% because anything can happen anytime. You know, you just wake up and you have a case and one case will multiply into cases within no minute. So keep safe, follow the instructions, put in place by the Minister of Health, wash your hands, make sure you don't go to places that are crowded, follow what they tell you. And I am sure we are going to fight this together. But um, much as we're in um, affected places, we are safe. And I will promise you, we'll keep safe. That's all I can say. Thank you, Stella. Now, Saran Dagide, a musician best in the UK. Any advice for Ugandans listening right now? Um, the last message I would have for Ugandans is to keep yourself safe. Keep yourself safe. Know that and get the information as much as possible. Try your best. I know it's in everyday life. Whatever you do puts you at risk of getting infected. That is okay. But as long as you do yourself, what's being advised by these professionals, wash your hands. If you feel unwell, kindly stay out. I know we have, we might have a tendency of thinking, what shall we do? No, if you feel, if you have any of the symptoms, kindly stay away for the, your own safety and for the safety of everybody and if you know something somebody doesn't know let us share information just try and keep as clean as possible change your clothes wash your jackets we've got those jackets which we wear for a week you know if you can you know kind of wash it every day just wear put on new clothes you know just try as much as you can thank you sarah dr james luther any advice for fellow ugandans listening to this podcast right now what message do I have for Ugandans? Um, um, I am very sure that uh, this is going to be contained as soon as possible. This is a global issue, but most so uh, the presumption that they're going to be in a lockdown for a long time when they can uh, obtain the cure is uh, really very far-fetched. I have a feeling the efforts that are being put together to get a cure are unprecedented and uh, I won't be surprised if they have a cure within one month and um, yes I hope that uh, you all keep safe and hopefully uh, Uganda will come out of this unscatched at all and uh, 
Yes, I wish you well. All right, take care. We move over to Andrew Nyakana, who is uh, currently in Las Vegas. Andrew, any advice for Ugandans listening right now? Right now, we just need to, you know, um, um, you know, um, just just basically pray you know uh, do your part by staying um you know staying uh, healthy and uh take, taking the precautions that are being suggested but you know it does not this is the one time where it does not hurt to pray you know because we're going to need it right now um you know uh, it, it's definitely needed because the soul when you look at um uh, um at, 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 at the uh, all the uh, groups that that is considered the geniuses puzzled and at a loss of ideas i think it's high time to look for other alternatives and that's where the prayer comes in thank you nyakana joining us from paris in france it has been uh, stella atal thank you so much for your time and for joining us on the new vision podcast andre nyakana live from las vegas thank you so much for being part of this show sarah ndagire a musician based in the UK. Thank you for joining us. And Dr. James Luta, a Ugandan lawyer based in Toronto, Canada. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for sparing your time to talk to us right here on the New Vision podcast. Remember to download more podcasts by going to www.newvision.co.ug. My name is Max. Stay safe. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the New Vision podcast. New vision, new vision, covering the